Apple or Samsung? That is the question. Which has better performance? Better price? Better features? Everything you need to know in 15 minutes. Welcome to TechOver. Welcome everyone, my name is Kylian Delapina. I hope all is well. Time for your brand new podcast, TechOver. Apple and Samsung are two of the most powerful technological brands in Canada and the world. And sometimes it's difficult to choose the answer to the question, Apple or Samsung? Well, let me tell you what. I made you a cocktail of everything you need to know to best compare these brands. That's right, no need to search for information, it's all in here. In this episode, we'll go over Apple, second episode, we'll go over Samsung, And in the third episode, I'll go through your guys' opinions to see which brand is the most popular between our listeners. Even after the third episode, the debate will remain as you can still vote at any time on the survey link posted in the podcast description. It'll show the live results. So if you're listening to this in 2022, yes, you can still interact. Enough said, let's get right into it. Apple announced in their keynote their 5G phones and MagSafe accessory. We're gonna look back on Apple's newest AirPods that were released last year, as well as their smartwatches, and finally focus on Apple's computers. We'll then compare those in the next episode to Samsung's devices. At each end of episode, you'll be able to vote on a survey monkey to tell us which company you prefer, and we'll discuss it during our final podcast. To start off with some general information about the new 5G revolution you have probably heard about recently, what exactly is it and how does it differ from 4G? What are its pros and cons? Well, here are all the answers. According to CNN, 5G is expected to be 100 times faster than 4G, which will allow for self-driving cars or simply better internet connection while using mobile data. Now the issue is your city needs 5G towers for your brand new iPhone to be used at its fullest, and not all cities implemented 5G towers just yet. The Wissala website, however, states 5G towers are already installed in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. Hopefully you live in one of those areas if you plan on using your phone to its maximum capacity. And no, your phone will not be able to drive itself. That's only for Teslas, but it's for another topic to discuss about later. Moving on now to the latest phones and accessories Apple released, the iPhone 12. It comes in four different versions, the iPhone 12 mini for what they call a lower price, the regular iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 Pro and Pro Max in case you're not sure what to spend your money on. Talking about money actually, let's take a look at prices. The iPhone starts selling at $970 and can go all the way up to $2,000. Let me add a detail you may not know about. You will lose the cube to plug your phone, earbuds, and a USB charging cable. Yes, you heard right. 
Apple's new iPhone collection will only come with a USB-C charging cable, which only a few people have the port for it as of now. You'll need a special outlet for that to work. Now, what exactly is the difference between USB-C and USB, other than the fact that wall plugs for USB-C are still rather rare? Well, according to Velocity Micro, USB-C is meant to replace all other USB cables and put them into one for the different purposes. This modern USB is reversible, so there's no wrong way to plug your cable. And finally, its transfer speed doubles of the regular USB. Nice idea, if everything goes in theory. Honestly, this just seems like another marketing strategy to get people to buy newer cords when unnecessary. It's funny actually, because Apple argued that many people already have charging cubes. Which, I mean, is true, so that's why they aren't providing it to reduce overconsumption and help the planet. Ah, what a great gesture from Apple for being environmentally friendly. Now, the little issue that they forgot to realize is that practically no one has the USB-C outlet cube required for the charging cable included with the iPhone. So people will still have to order it from not-so-environmentally friendly third parties. Another spec for the iPhone 12, it will be the first smartphone device to incorporate Dolby Vision with HDR in its camera for an impressive recording quality. But what exactly is Dolby Vision with HDR recording and how does it compare to a 4K recording at 60 frames per second? Is it really worth upgrading your old phone for this new camera spec? Well, I'll let you be the judge of that with some background information on what it claims to be. Essentially, as Engadget claims, it will record your videos with greater highlights and shadows giving it a somewhat professional tone. Now, Although this sounds fancy, will regular amateur eyes see the real difference when capturing Snapchat messages? Maybe not. Now with this, Apple also claims their new device is waterproof to a maximum depth of 6 meters up to 30 minutes, just in case you want to film your underwater adventures with your brand new $2,000 phone. Actually, at that price, I guess it's only one or the other. You'll find these phones in multiple colors such as red, white, silver, and much more. The new iPhones will still come with Face ID. For those of you who aren't familiar, it's using your face as a password to unlock your device. In the earliest days of bionic access keys, Apple opted for fingerprint, which they later changed for facial recognition. This change is subject for debate over preferences. The issue I find with Face ID is not being able to wear sunglasses, or in these unprecedented times not being able to unlock my device if I'm wearing a mask. As the pandemic will stay with us for most likely a while more, it's surprising Apple hasn't come with an alternative to Face ID. Apple could have reinstalled a modern fingerprint sensor, or even innovate with an iris recognition. And that would limit the issues users are having while they have to wear a mask in public. This kind of shows Apple doesn't tend to necessarily follow the newest times. What would you prefer? An iris recognition, a facial recognition, or a fingerprint recognition? Vote on our survey in the link in the podcast. Another surprise is the fact that Apple kept the upper notch on its iPhone design. Although their number one competitor Samsung have a better filled screen, Apple claims it's meant to store the necessary sensors to make the facial recognition work. The problem I'm sure could be fixed as companies like Samsung succeed in making under the screen captures. The screen is considered to be by Apple an edge on edge display, although it's clear the screen doesn't overflow to the sides unlike other smartphones have, but rather it lets in for thick black lines on the side. Nothing is to be said about the 
OLED display, however, which features bright and vibrant true tone colors. It's nice to see that even the cheapest iPhone 12 mini also has this display. Will this be the new start of smaller smartphone devices as they seem to feature almost everything the Pro Max has to some minor extent? Or will people keep buying bigger screens and invest more money towards it? The issue with modern smartphones, which you'll hear about on my next podcast as well, is how much they jack up the prices by, yet nothing worth an incredible revolution in technology behind it, being Apple or Samsung. The design of phones from year to year remains relatively the same, with small features that could be worth upgrading for if your phone was 5 years old maybe, but definitely not in my opinion worth the change year to year. Which is too bad, you know, we have great information for innovation, but instead companies almost feel forced to come out with new smartphones every year, even if it's nothing crazy in terms of modern technology. Now going back on Apple's keynote unveiling all their new devices, the MagSafe is a brand new accessory exclusive for the iPhone. We all use wireless charging and we all had our phones die at one point, right? Right, now what does that have to do in relation to another you may ask? Well, long story short, Apple created a magnetic case that will allow the center of the core of the wireless charging port you fit perfectly so that no charge gets lost if you misplaced your phone. A little confusing? I agree. We won't exactly know until it gets fully released. However, what we do know is the price. $70, yet it is not designed to protect your phone against any drops since there is no thickness on the edges of the case. On a side note this year again, the iPhones will still not have the aux cord for you to plug your wired earplugs. Wires seem to be less prominent as years go, and Apple emphasizes on wireless charging. Therefore, I would definitely not be surprised to see in the upcoming years an iPhone with no ports at all, not even a charging port. This would be the start of the end of the wired era, which could allow for better waterproofing for sure, but is that worth losing access to cables? In a way you can say yes, but in another way the price of wireless cables is what scares me the most. State your opinion on our bit.ly survey on the description of the podcast. And just so you know, the results do show up live as you vote. Let's now move to our next category. Leaving the keynote and looking back at the newest devices Apple came with that weren't included in this keynote are the 2019 wireless earbuds. These are called the AirPod Pros and they're available for $329. They feature noise cancellation, dual microphones, sweat resistance, touch bud, that's how you say touchscreen for earbuds, and it has a total battery life of 4.5 hours in a single charge and can provide one hour of listening after only five minutes of charge in the wireless charging case, which contains over 24 hours of charge on top of that as per Apple's words. Yes, for that price, the case is included. Surprising. We will compare all these specs with what Samsung has got for us in the next episode and have a better idea on who is better between these two brands. All right, now we're gonna take a look at the smartwatch on Apple's side, it's called the Apple Watch. They teamed up with a couple of international brands such as Hermes and Nike. 
Apple is now their sixth edition of the watch. I remember back to the first edition actually, they would sell real gold watches for over $10,000. Apple really does not have a price limit for sure. <laughs> now that that's over, Apple kept their regular version of the Apple Watch, right now sitting at $369 all the way up to $529. It's not too bad actually, but the wristband is what makes up the price for it. If you want to upgrade to a nice leather band, you'll have to give Apple $989 from your wallet. Expensive for a piece of leather. These watches are clearly meant to track your physical activity. As it shows on Apple's website, you can track your blood oxygen, take an electrocardiogram, and measure your heartbeat. It's almost like you could run a hospital with a watch. Will Apple come out with a watch to cure COVID-19? <coughs> Okay, off topic. Many apps are available to track your activity for running, exercising, and even swimming as the watch is also waterproof. Apple is also coming up with a program soon called Apple Fitness Plus, which will cost $13 a month to give you exercising lessons. I guess that's COVID compatible. Let's now move into the tiebreaker, where we'll compare two different items of technology Apple and Samsung specializes in. For Apple, I chose their computer, and for Samsung, I've chosen their innovation in modern TVs. And we'll talk more about that in the next episode. But right now, let's focus on the Macs from Apple. It all started with the first Macintosh in 1984, which have evolved into the iMacs and MacBooks we now know today. With the cheapest portable Mac right now, starting at $1,300, Price of the new iPhone, what would you rather get? To the most expensive desktop Mac at $6,300, there is for all tastes. Their specs are relatively expensive compared to other PCs. To grab a great performance Mac for editing or gaming, you'll have to aim at around $2,300 to get anything decent. But now, however, the good thing on Apple's side is that the operating system is pleasant and the Macs tend to usually be better optimized to last a longer time than some PCs in general. Now with that being said, you still gotta remember some Macs will perform just as good and sometimes worse than PCs. It really just depends on personal preference and if you have the money to choose regardless of the price, which I hope you do. Oh, that sound marks the end of the show. Thank you for having listened. So for now, do you prefer Apple or Samsung? Don't forget to vote on the bit.ly link in the description to get an idea of what other people think. That's all for today's takeover. I hope to see you in our next podcast where we're going to talk about Samsung and all their different specs and devices. And then in the third podcast, let me remind you that we're going to compare it all together and I'm going to grab your opinion about it. But anywho, for now, I wish you a very pleasant day. Thank you everyone for having tuned in. This was Tech Over, hosted by Killian Delapina. But the show isn't over. You can keep voting on the bit.ly link in the description. All responses remain anonymous and the votes are refreshed in real time, so you can interact even if you're listening to this in the year 2040. Thank you for having tuned in to Tech Over.